Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we talk about the Blackhawks fire sale as they rebuild. What's the future look like for this team? And are they trading away too many of their young pieces? Plus, we continue to scratch our heads about the White Sox, Tony LaRusa blunders, and an Aloy Jimenez injury once again. And then we'll close them football. The Bears make a few moves. And USC and UCLA are now rivals with Northwestern Illinois. That's really weird. All that and more on Believe in Chicago Sports. Welcome back to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast with your host, myself, Dan Collins, who you can find on Twitter at TweetDanCollins, my fine lovely co-host, Joey Gelman, who's on the other side of the Skype, and a pretty nice Vader t-shirt, I must say, is that Vader is coming. Vader is coming, and so are his tweets at Joey Gelman on Twitter, and of course, we are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. You can find them at Believe Network. Joey, it's been a little bit of time. You were at a wedding, not your own. Hope that was good. That was about a week or so ago, if I um, recall correctly. A few things going on on my end as well, but here we are. Back in the podcast, back behind the hot mics. You are pissed off about what the Blackhawks are doing. No, I'm just kidding. I I won't speak for you. You're not necessarily pissed off. Um, Confused, I guess, is the word. And um, I'll be completely honest with you. Myself, I guess I'm a little confused. The the biggest thing that I guess I'm confused about is, and we're definitely going to obviously get into it right now, so I'll just go on ahead and break the ice ah no pun intended there to, to be, no pun intended to be quite honest with you but um you need to trade a 20 ish year old i mean i'll look up his age now but a uh, young enough alex to brink it to almost start a rebuild i i don't 24 year old alex to brink it you, you have to trade him to to start a rebuild is he not young enough is it by the time like the kind if you were to stay by the time like the they were to get relevant and just want to work out we get into all that if you want to um also like trading forwards and drafting defensemen we'll get there we'll get all into it i know um a little confusion on your end i think it's gonna be quite some time before this is a hockey town again if you will i think it's gonna be quite some years i'm a little cool with that i don't necessarily consider myself a fear weather fan but if the hawks need some time to become relevant again hey as long as you don't become radio only which that won't happen um we, we turn it back to 1999 um or 2006 you know, but yeah or, <laughs> or i guess we don't have to flip it back that far um try to do somewat of a prince reference that did not work at all oh sorry even, that was good no I, no it wasn't good at no it was it was shit don't 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 act like it was good it was actually pretty bad but either way um here we are. You're a little confused. I understand it. Um, or at least I, I I feel like I do. Was it more than that? I, I know that's obviously like the biggest parts of it. I know most fans were a little, if you weren't upset, you were a little confused or you were a little uneasy. There, there was some sort of a sigh, like, right? When you saw the Alex Abrinkin news, it was like, ah, here we go. thought he might be one of the ones who stick around. And the thing with this, like with these rebuilds, and I think it happens like it, it happened with the Cubs as well, and even the Sox a few years ago, um, when they're like, you know, what, we're 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 done with being a mediocre uh, a team that's mired in mediocrity or whatever it was. We're gonna blow this thing up. Is you still want some of those names around, especially the younger ones, right? Like the ones like you start doing this whole fan grabbing thing of, oh, I really like this player, and they're young, and they could fit the mold, and they could stick around while we trade away all the other older peoples, and. You know, didn't necessarily happen in the case of Debrinket. And I know, obviously, a fan favorite gone. It seems almost like 
really a complete rebuild now of like the that team, that dynasty right that, that that you remember starting back in 2010 um that's like completely gone keith retired you get nostalgic on that but like not only are players being traded away have been being you know like you know free agency you name it retiring like there's been all sorts of things to where now those last little final remnants of like that era right and then even after that era when you're talking about other players like to bring it or something somebody you thought would be part of the new era maybe now even that's getting a little refreshed so I don't know. Sad days for Hawks fans. That's sad days, but it, it's buckle up season, right? It's buckle up time. Buckle up, and it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a interesting few years for the Hawks fans. Yeah, it's very strange. It's it's. I personally think it's the right moves, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you know why. But I just it's, you know, they they're talking yesterday or maybe the day whenever NHL free agency started this week and they were talking about the Red Wings were buyers for the first time in seven years. And when you think of the Red Wings, you go, okay, that's the, you know, perennial team that was good for decades. And then their run finally ended, you know, Hawks rival too, but their run finally ended and they've been bad for the last couple of years. You kind of haven't really heard from them and it took seven years for them to get back here. Right. So I, you know, hope and pray it's not that long, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I truthfully can't figure out what they're doing. Let me rephrase. I know what they're doing. They're rebuilding, but I don't agree with the way they're choosing to rebuild and continuing to do these, these. Are we talking about the Cubs now or the Hawks? I'm joking. I'm joking. Go Yikes. Ahead. No, the Hawks the Cubs are another story. Um, but you know, you, you, you need some cornerstone pieces for a rebuild to work instead of taking kind of, flyers on draft picks you may not know i mean you know in football or basketball sometimes it's easy to know if you got a generational talent hockey you can of course too but it's a you know it's kind of like baseball it's not as cut and dry and so you know when when you're sitting here looking to rebuild you say okay what pieces do i want it's a 24 year old alex to who by the time he's 27 or 28 uh still in his prime you're ready to compete again and I, I, I don't get what it does for you to trade a piece like that away when now you're, you're, you're just starting with nothing now. I mean, and, and, and looking at what they've done, and I, I, I credit, you know, Kevin Davidson as a quasi-new GM to want to clean house and do all that and not retain pieces that may not be what you thought they were. But, man, I mean... If, if you still have Kane and Tate on this roster right now and you look at this and you go, okay, you traded to Brinkett, you traded Kirby Doc, you don't bring back Jalen Strom, you don't bring back Dominic Kubalik, and you go, what's left? That, 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 that's your entire offense. And you're again pissing off someone like Patrick Kane who loses his top line mate again, just like he did with Panarin. And this, this, this screams the exact same thing of, trying to play chess with the wrong pieces here of getting rid of Panarins and Debrinkets. Those are guys you build around, not trade away for the potential to build around, to build around somebody else. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the Bowman list popped up the other day where it's all these players that were brought in or drafted that are gone, that, that were supposed to be cornerstones or misses. I know that's why you're at this point, but I mean, 
from 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 2010 on, right? Okay, I'm just reading the list here. Kevin Hayes declined to sign. Denault traded. McNeil bust. Tavo Teravainen, decent player, still playing well for Carolina, traded. Hartman traded. Nick Schmaltz traded. Yoki Haru traded. Boak Adam Boquist traded. Bodine traded. Doc traded. Sod traded. Retained traded. And it's like all these pieces. I mean, you may not be able to choose all of them, but boy, if I were to choose and go, okay, Panarin. Well, you had Sod in the first place, so you could keep Sod, Panarin, Debrinket, Schmaltz, Yoki Haru, Tavo Teravainen. These are all really good and really young pieces to build around, and you're deciding to go with the unknown in completely blowing this up. And I just, I just don't think that's the right way to go about it, especially when you have your two stars left with you here. I don't know what you do with them. Why would they want to be here? So it's just, it's, I'm all for rebuilding the right way. But I really feel like they're taking a big risk again by trading away their best young talent. One thing if they traded Kane or Taves and got a first-round pick haul back. That I understand. They're over 32 years old. They won you three cups. I get it. I don't love it, but I get it. These guys are the guys you're supposed to build this next core with, and they're choosing to not do that. But I'll, I'll let you jump back in. It just it's, it's, it's frustrating to me. Oh, no, you took you took the floor. I mean, really, the only other thing I, I had to add with that was, you know, you bring up the the two other pieces, you know, that obviously you're even your more casual Chicago Blackhawks fan in this city. You know, it's like the only ones they could still kind of cling to. Right. Or, or the, the Taze and Kane both was like 33, 34 years old, 130, you know, both, like you said, uh, north of 32 years old. They're not going to be around for the next Blackhawks Stanley Cup. <laughs> like they're just not so like. Like you said, one, why do you, why would they even want to be here? Even though there's rumors going around right now, I just saw actually something circulating on, on social media. Um, you can obviously find all kinds of special little sports nimbits. Um, but like apparently Patrick Kane saying things along the lines of um, that hinted at wanting to stay here, like not wanting to leave Chicago and, and maybe not. Right. I mean, why, I guess that would be one of the main things is like, yeah, we get, we might, we probably, or we most likely are not going to win like another cup here, but do we go somewhere else and like just be one of these like household names on another team and like plan the second, second, third line on, you know, a really good championship contending team and, you know, finish off our days there. Or do we just like write it off here in the sunset in Chicago if we can. And like, if the contracts make sense and, you know, we just end our careers here, at, you know, with the Hawks and it is what it is. And like, that's they can play for 10 more years. I mean, I mean that's what's crazy. Yeah, sure, but I mean or like five, but either way, it's a long time. Okay, say they can play five. Yeah, but how many years are you actually really going to be relevant? Two, three, two, that's like two or three. Like, that's what I'm saying. So by the time like you get, you know, if, if you're going to, you know, be traded away to a contender, this would be the team to still play, you know, somewhat at the top of your game you know while you can um it's like they're obviously north of their prime you know they're they're outside of the prime it's at the decline now but obviously still plenty in the tank obviously if they were definitely on a contributing team sure but i mean if you were to stick with the hawks for a couple more years i mean that's it that's a wrap i mean <laughs> by that time you know the, the 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 next team you would go to three ish years down the road you know if if that's like what the timetable is like, you're you're you know like i said you're playing like second third line really and you're maybe a kind of a contributor you're more or less one of those older household names potentially and i don't know maybe, maybe i'm completely wrong at, at the way i'm looking at this i i very well can be but i mean where do they fit in like on a total rebuild right like are they there just because they're the household name like is it a ticket thing is it hey we still got the fan favorites because uh, 
where is it just like the the stock isn't high enough right now to sell you got to wait maybe to see what they could do next season and then you know you 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 go from there i mean i guess the the biggest question is are they part of this like do you want them here forever are they you know taking this kind of like unofficial or you want them to take especially with Taze being you know the captain for the last 10 plus years like is he taking on like this mentorship role with the youngins and like that's kind of more or less what you want him who's he mentoring who's there <laughs> literally the every single player there now you know, everybody being brought in right like for the next couple of years if say like Taze sticks around that long then it's like that's kind of what you get, whatever they give you. That's that's literally what you're mentoring, right? To see, you know, hopefully those those, those pieces, you know, do. I mean, hey, yeah. you know, the front office has been switched. You know, there were, you know, there's there's moves there, and you know, it's you know, it's kind of uh, you know, new people at the helm here now, and where where you take it there on on the west side of Chicago, like I I, I don't know, but to tell you the truth, like in terms of like being excited about Blackhawk hockey. Uh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. Do I sound like a shit sports fan? I mean, I, I'm just being, I'm just being real with you here though. And, and I think like, it's kind of important to express that though, because I think a lot of people like in this town and like, Hey, we heard it all through, you know, 2010 on even, you know, the few years before 2010, where they were like pretty damn relevant, you know, not Stanley cup winners, but still, you know, up and coming in the league and in this city, it's like, if you don't have a top-notch hockey team out there, like sure you gained like a whole lot new fans during that dynasty era, you know, that the 10 plus years of being pretty damn relevant in the league, but you're about to see, I think uh, at the United Center, how quickly that could fade away. Right. When, when the team is going to be, Ooh, not so good. Um, especially like if it seems like it's going to be, you know, continuous there. Like I know everybody, you know, up and down. I was gonna say, "Oh, I'm a Hawks fan." What do you think? I'm I'm this big hockey fan. Eh, we're about to find out <laughs> how many of those are really true blue diehard hockey fan. And I mean, I say that because this has been something you know we talked about before, Joey. Where it's like, you know, I, I would consider both of us definitely like diehard baseball fans. But one, I mean, sure, it's it's totally different. There's 162 games, 81, you know, of them you can catch at home. I get it, but it's still like, you know, if the if the product's not there, I mean, come on, Hawks, you gotta. It, it's the, the, the fans could go many other different places, right? Especially during that time of year at the other team in the United center with the Chicago bulls, who hopefully are going to continue to, you know, improve and at least at the very least be entertaining. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it was questionable. I, I will say that obviously that there was some things, you know, done the the brink of one being the biggest one where, didn't make too much sense. Like you said, you still kind of want a core, right? Like there's at that age, especially like at 24 or whatever, I believe uh, he is, you know, mid twenties, like that's still somebody you could build around. So, but here we are. I mean, questionable things. Yeah. <laughs> Give me from the Hawks to the Bears to the side. The Bulls might be the only one at this point you could leave out to where there's some really questionable head scratching things going on at the very top. Right. Like at the very top of the operations of the team. Right. Like Blackhawks. I mean, pretty questionable stuff. We'll see how it works out. The Bears. I mean, always fairly questionable. Not necessarily as of recent like this offseason, but, you know, until, you know, when, when Mr. Negi was still in town, which I know we're, we're far past anyways. But there's still there's been some very questionable things across all, you know, ownership platforms in this town the past couple seasons. If you go back, you know, just a year or two. So. Guess it's on the Blackhawks' turn to give you the to give you the head scratcher. Yeah, but the problem is the majority of teams now are the head scratchers. 
like you said, oh, yes. Cubs are rebuilding, <laughs> Hawks are rebuilding, Bears are rebuilding, White Sox yeah. are achieving, and the Bulls are. Bears, like uh, I said, they're out of the head scratching stage. You know, we, we get we got you know new coaching staff in there now too. I, I mean, we'll we'll get to like Nikhil Harry and other things like that, which I don't think is necessarily a head scratcher, but um. The, the beers, I mean, the, the, the books open on them now, like they, the, you know, ownership and the McCaskies have kind of redeemed themselves a little bit with, you know, getting rid of, you know, the, the infamous Nagy that, that the, you know, we wanted gone for like the past two seasons, it seems like, but you know, here we are, but yeah, I mean, like I said, there, there's still those head scratching moments with, with the, you know, the past year or two. And is it the majority of the teams? Yes. I mean, even the bulls were there a few years ago when, when you know, before they got a, a new regime as well. So it's just, that's Chicago sports for you, but but we believe. Yeah, right? we, we do we, believe. We still, we still but it's going to take a. <laughs> you know, we're probably the most pessimistic belief show out there. Uh, it's going to be yeah. hard because I, I don't listen to every single belief podcast that's sports related, but we we might be one of the more more or the most pessimistic one. Potentially. And that's the job, right? It's it's you. Know, it's way more fun to bitch about everything than to be oh, excited. Of course. Much more of to course. talk about. But no, <laughs> hey, it's going to be me, actually. I'd rather be excited. Like I'm watching the oh, Sox yeah. right now be, behind me, six to one right now against the Twins. We'll we'll get into them as well. We still got a whole shitload of stuff to dive into, but pitching is fun. But I'd still much rather be. Oh yeah, have, especially when it comes to my Chicago White Sox. I'd rather be in much more good spirits. But well, they were supposed to be the good spirits. That's yeah, the problem. We'll, we'll see after this series and on. So, but yeah, the Hawk stuff. I mean, to close it, like it's it's going to be a while. I mean, they're off the ice stuff that happened all year with the Kyle beach and everything like yep. tarnished everything they've done the last decade for a lot of people. And I think it was hard for people to watch or attend or give them their money this year just for that alone, let alone the product was bad. And I think now we're just, it, it, you're, you're right. It's just, we're going to see who, who kind of sticks around who's in terms of fandom, who's going to go. Not that I'm saying everyone's fair weather, but um, it's been a, it's been a rough stretch here for the Hawks and it's not going to be prettier moving forward for the foreseeable future. And when you have, you know, it, it, it's, it's like the Cubs, right? The Cubs won the world series in 16. Here we are in 22 and you don't have Baez, Rizzo or Bryant on the team. I mean, that would have been an unfathomable concept, right? So now you're thinking about it. Okay. The next great Hawks team is not going to have Kane, Taves, Keith, Seabrook, any of that. And it's, it's how do you, how do you get back to that level of play? It's going to, it's going to take a while. So we'll, we'll just have to have to wait and see. But what I don't want to take a while is for your white socks to get their asses back in gear <laughs> and turn this summer around. And that's coming from the damn cub fan in the room. I, man, I could talk for the next three hours about this. I just, well, zoom only has a 40 minute limit. So you're stuck today. <laughs> yeah, there we go. yeah, there we go. Our I mean, Skype, so, you know, we're always on the other side of the Skype. I will say today we are zooming because Skype was being mean to Dan's computer. So shout out to true. zoom. This is true. Um, I mean, look, the, this Minnesota series here. Now the, the, the four games, like I said, it's going on now game one as uh, we're recording this thing, you know, a lot of people saying, Oh, this is it. This is the playoffs or we'll see, you know, this is like a playoff series or we'll see where they're at. No, I, I don't even need the end of the, uh, of these four games. Like with Minnesota, now, like I know where we're at once again, like we're, I, I used this line already earlier in the show. It, it's, it's buckle up mode, but it's, I mean, you're talking about a team right now with the Chicago white Sox. They're going to win what maybe, <sighs> hopefully 85 plus games. But at this point, I mean, 
there's things since like our since like our last show like where there was a little bit of fight. I'm I'm trying to think of of what game it was. Give me just one second here. It was, it was the back and forth game. I actually was able to watch. Um, I believe it was the nine to eight contest against Minnesota. Yes, it was where they were just going back and forth, back and forth, um, and they ended up being victors in, in that extra inning game. But so I mean, you're obviously seeing good signs of like life there. But it's two there. They're very 500 ask. I mean, they're not even a 500 baseball team now, right? As we speak, hopefully, as we roll into the as we roll into the All Star break, if they want to go on ahead um, and just sweep sweep the Twins right now, we'd go on ahead and be. I believe it's like what we'd maybe be a game or so above 500. But honestly, we're more than halfway through the season where we're like 86 86 games in. This is what we got. I think at very best we have like five team above you know five wins above 500 was i gonna put you like at 86 wins like they're a 500 s ball club so like is there hope i mean i don't know you, you thought there was hope with eloy coming back but now he might be down again for for you know a certain amount of time like we'll, we'll see luckily enough the all-star break's coming up and you hope it's nothing too major and then you know maybe give it a week or two and and, he, and he's back but like we'll, we'll see on that i haven't seen the latest on that since yesterday when he had to exit the game but you know if you're gonna lose eloy again and like that's just you don't even know what else is gonna come <laughs> like injury wise um so we'll see but it's it's frustrating. You know, La Russa is once again, intentionally walking batters who have, you know, one or more strikes on them. You know, it was, it was the all one count uh, the other night. At least it wasn't, you know, a two strike count. And then, you know, we all know what happened after that, but very questionable things still going on there. 500 S style club. Even if they somehow find a way to win the division, they're most likely still going to have to be like in that new playoff format go on ahead and play in one of those shorter series anyways, because they're going to be the, the weaker of the division winning teams. So, you know, you, you look around the West of the league and this is what I always do. When you know the team you're watching is going to be, and once again, this is very macro esque of us, but I mean, that's, that's what we do as fans. Like when you look at the macro picture of things, all right, we should be taking it one step at a time, but even if we figure it out enough to win the division, or if we have to get a wild card spot, what are we looking at from there? I mean, I know you could say, oh, well, if Kopech, you know, make sure like he's healthy and has his stuff together by then, you know, you have Kopech, you have Cease, you have Giolito, you have Lynn, who Lynn's been shaky. Like, you know, you have those, you know, four horsemen right there. Like that, that could win you a series and, you know, maybe you get a little lucky. Well, hope's not necessarily a great thing to, to rely on. So, I mean, when you look at other playoff caliber teams and then you look at the White Sox, I'm sorry. The record speaks for itself, right? Like the play speaks for itself, the sloppy base running, the sloppy fielding, the questionable managerial decisions, and just exactly where they've been up to this point. It doesn't give you too, too much hope. I mean, we'll write it out. I already know. I I know exactly what we're going to get from this team, Joey. Stamp this right now. We'll revisit this. We'll revisit this idea in September, and I'll probably talk about it multiple times on the show. Anyways, they're going to be 500 S baseball. We'll win a series, we'll lose a series. Maybe we'll get a sweep into it. Like, you know, like, but that's what it's going to be. Like, this team isn't winning 90 games. Like, well, why is that acceptable? It's that's, not. <laughs> that's my thing is like, this was the World Series or bus stretch of this. The, 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 you know, the rationalization that, that they're, they're at this place or they may get, but it's like, we can't be having that conversation. You're not, it's not fair to you as a White Sox fan to have that conversation because this is supposed to be the window of winning, not, Oh, maybe if they can make the playoffs, that'd be wonderful. Like, no, this was a World Series team. Listen, I had I actually had this talk with uh, at the kiddos um, 
little league game. Uh, one one of the fathers, one of the, one of the uh, other coaches. We were actually diehard Sox fan. We were actually having this talk where, listen, I know I've only been a Sox fan since the year two thousand. That's only twenty two seasons, but still, you know, and I, you know, my dad and uncles like they, they they were Sox fans. You know, many decades before, so I can even like you know talk about seasons, you know, previous seasons with them as well. But think about it, Joey. Even you, as the as as the Cubs fan in the show, just, just think about this. I told him I was like, this has to be one of the most, if not the most disappointing White Sox season in recent memory, right? I mean, what's more disappointing than this? Don't give me, you know, 06 where they at least won 90 games. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, like this, considering expectations, you know, a lot of even national media outlets for whatever that's worth, were you know, picking them to go to or win the World Series. I mean, this is by far, if you are a 85 or sub 85 win team sneaking into the playoffs and God forbid, Bid, don't give me, but I could see it another first round bounce. And we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. But regardless, this has definitely been expectations considered one of the most disappointing White Sox seasons ever, right? Absolutely. I mean, you can, can you th- think this- of one like you just even go back to like the past 10, 15 years if you can. Like, no, like, no, nope. because when they made it again in oh. What was the playoff run? 07 or 08? Whatever they are, the Cubs made it with them. I believe like, it, well, 08 was the blackout year, was it not? Because I, I was at that game. Yeah. So it's um, like, you know, that's disappointing and all that. But you, were, but you not weren't like this. No, this this is the same point in which the Cubs were in their window. I'd say, well, 15 was a year early, but I because we'll call it 16. You know, this is as if they didn't achieve the expectations of at least making it to the NLCS going to the world series and doing what they did. Like you can't guarantee anything past that, but that was the expectation. This is the year that this team is supposed to shine and they're just not. And, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, I, I know everyone bitches about Larusa, and I'll be the first one to tell you that. Um, but I'm also just, I'm trying to figure out outside of him too, what's going on because it's not always just the manager, but it's, it's just incredibly disheartening and frustrating because now you look at it and go, okay, well, when are they going to have that window? If this was leading up to a world series run, that's now not happening and could see a team not even win 90 games. That's supposed to win a world series. Where do you, where do you then go? Cause like, I, I could tell you the Cubs story. They had, they had the one year they won it. I know they went to the NLCS what was it? Three years in a row, but they, they were completely outmatched after 16 for 17 and then 18, they lost the one gamer and then the last game of the year. And then ever since it's been this and the sell-off and it, it, it goes quickly and you got to take advantage. You know, Theo, I said, it's every season sacred. Okay. Well, how do you ensure this one still is? Cause if it's not, you're in a whole world of hurt for the future. Cause there's no guarantees anymore. This was supposed to be that guarantee. Well, let's just, I mean, we like, if you look at it from, from big picture and speak about it, you know, like I said, like as a whole, like that, you could, you could break, we know exactly what's been going on this year. There's been, we'll, we'll just even start with some of the smaller yet really big things. Defense catastrophic at some points, right? Like there's, they don't have enough good defenders out there. They're doing this whole DH rotation because (laughs) there's, there's, there's enough good bats, quality bats, you know, you hope so, but not like defense base running bad, right? Certain managerial decisions, extremely questionable. There's been 
a fair share of injuries, key injuries, right? There's been players such as, you know, I'll throw it out there, um, Lance Lynn, Giolito. Honestly, look at the numbers, underperforming from what you thought they were going to be, right? Like, you needed Giolito to be the ace, if not the, you know, the 1A or the 1B of this team right behind Cease or right with Cease. Or, you know, you thought Cease, Kopech, and Giolito, not necessarily in that order, were going to be, like, three big parts of this if you were really going to win it all, right? Giolito, not necessarily there. Lance Lynn, not necessarily there. You're having, you know, a few shaky bullpen performances here. Moncada, very, very much underperforming. Eloy, we're hoping we could still keep him on the field now, like I said, after exiting early. Like, you can't go on ahead losing him again. So, TA, you lost him for a little bit. But it's not only that. It's not only, like I said, the injuries. It's then when you have key players missing and then you're having bad base running, you're having bad fielding, you're having questionable managerial things, the pitching, which, you know, you thought was going to be one of the strongest points when there's certain outings that are, I mean, think about it. They need Johnny Cueto now to save the day, which he's doing again, like I'm saying, but you know, there's players that are not performing, not if you're going to win the world series, or if you're going to make a big, big run, you need players to be overachieving, right? Like you need to be, exceeding above your expectations and right now what you have are players that are underperforming so it's so facto underperforming underperforming arms well not only that certain i mean moncada you could throw that in the mix as well but you have big name players right who you thought were going to be at a certain level underperforming injuries defense base run the whole like that even just those like parts right there that does not scream championship team right like if you can't play, if you can't run the base as well, if you can't, you know, play defense, if you're, you know, getting rattled by injuries, if you are underperforming in certain places, like that's that's just too much of a bad mix. The equation equals, um, let me tell you exactly what it equals to at, at this point of the show, 43 and 45. That's what the math equals um, if you're doing it there. Yikes. So that's just that's where we are as a team it's just the reality of the situation like you are what you are right i mean let's not get into what was it monday or sunday night football with the boom they are who we thought they were you know there you go but the reality is that's what they are right now and the only way that's so i asked myself this come the second half and i'll go right in order again are the players that are underperforming, once again, just to name a few, because it's right here at top of mind, such as Moncada's, Lance Lynn, Giolito. If you look at their lines, that's underperforming. And, you know, you could throw a few others in there as well. But are the big names that are underperforming, are they going to do significantly better come the second half? Are we going to run the bases a little better? Are we going to play better defense? There's no signs we're going to do either, especially with the defensive part. There's no signs, you know, we're necessarily going to do that much better. Are there going to be better managerial choices? questionable um so you know you you keep you know are are we going to be are we going to be healthy obviously that's you know in the air but that has to be so so i mean for all is this team going to come together is there going to be some type of like i know you could go back to what was like the the yankee series with ta and so like sure they've had like a couple of their moments here as a squad but are they going to get like that is there going to be some type of fire like what's going to happen to where all that could be fixed and then you can make a good playoff run when they hopefully get there come October. I don't know, but we like all you gotta do is watch. Just put right, just 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 put on the TV and watch this club, and you'll see some, you know, some good baseball sometimes, and you'll see some really bad baseball at times, and a little bit of good, but a little bit of bad. You got yourself five hundred. So that's where we're at. And 
unless something, you know, unless one of those key things that, that you know, we just discussed right now is corrected, that's what you're going to have for the, you know, the next 70 ish plus games. Sorry yes. to be negative. Sorry. No, something's got to change. And maybe you're like the blue Jays, you fire your manager. I don't know, but it's, I don't think that solves everything. That's the problem. Everything's kind of off kilter. And I don't know how you turn it around. I mean, listen, the Braves did it right last year. Exactly that where they were incredibly mediocre. They lost Acuna and then they got hot and won the whole damn thing. So anything's possible, but it's just, they're supposed to be the bright spot of the summer and they're just as rough as everything else. So it makes me angry. I mean, very. And like I said, it's, that's just what it's going to be. I mean, what do you, what do you do here now in this, in this series with Minnesota, like right, right before the all-star break, Going to win game one, hopefully, right? Like they're up six one now, <laughs> barring something super catastrophic, which I will just throw the TV to the floor if they lose this game. If they're winning six one now, I mean, you potentially, I mean, you're gonna need to take three out of four to really go into the All Star break, you know, feeling really well. And even that puts you at what, um, at five hundred. You literally go in at forty six and forty six. If I could do simple maths, um, but yeah, if you split it. Like if you split this four game series, and like I said, I'm getting way ahead of myself here now, but you're going to need three to four or, or sweep a four game set, which I do not see happening in Minnesota. Um, sorry, Sox fans, I just don't. So I mean, say even you split this, you're just it's just kind of eh, right? And like, like I said, I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves, like looking at this series, and you know, God knows what can happen here. But I'm kind of at the plate now, oh for three. There's a surprise. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just you know. The depending uh, the, this series doesn't necessarily make or break for me either because even if you take three out of four, all right, just keep going. Like there's still so much more, you know, better better baseball to be played. So we'll see. I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be rough. What did I say last time on the show, Joey? Roughly a month ago, that we we have now approached the time where it's hey, it's gonna be one game at a time. It's gonna be, and I know you could say that from the very very start of the season, no matter how good or bad your team is, but. In terms of like the expectations and what you really want from this club, don't live or die like with the unless they go like on some catastrophic losing streak. It just is what it is. They're gonna win eighty-ish plus games. Like they'll be in the eighty-ish range, hopefully, <laughs> even that. Right? Like they'll they'll run around eighty-something games, and then you see what happens from there. If that is that good enough to make the playoffs, hopefully in the central it can be because maybe you could win the division with like 86, 87 wins. Right? So we'll see. I mean. Lot, lots to unfold, but that's what we're gonna have. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna win a bunch. You're gonna lose a bunch. We'll see. So let's talk about fun stuff. Nikhil Harry makes the Bears a Super Bowl contender. Hey, yes or no? There you go. Hell yeah, he does. What a steal! Seventh round pick. Buddying, chalk it up. Um, I mean, you're talking a former first rounder for a seventh round pick, and you know, the thing that gives me a little bit of promise here is. He was good enough, Nikhil Harry. That is right to be a first-round pick. To the Patriots, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't necessarily draft. So was himself. Kevin White, but yes, I know, I know. But hey, Bears drafted Kevin White. Patriots drafted Nikhil Harry. Uh, which I, I'm not. Trust me, I'm not on this Nikhil Harry like uh, bandwagon, or I'm not drinking a whole lot of Kool Aid with it. But I mean, you bought the jersey, right? Didn't you? Jersey got the shirt, but uh, yeah, it's getting it's getting made right now. Custom, custom delivered from NFLShop.com. No, I mean, hey, it gives Justin Fields another weapon. Like, we'll see what happens. I mean, 
even if he gets you, I don't know. I mean, decent amount of production. I mean, you don't want Darnell Mooney just getting doubled all day long out there. You know, maybe you get something from Cole Komet this year. Um, you, you know, we'll see. But no, I mean, hey, think about it. What seventh round pick? Like we weren't going to get in the. Nikhil Heary type of talent in the seventh round, right? I mean, it's, so it's going to be better than whatever you would have drafted there. Um, it's a position the, you know, the Bears obviously need some help in. So if you could probably do a little more, you know, with him than, than the Patriots were, I mean, it for something like Bill Belichick to have to let him go, that could either be like a really good or really bad thing, right? Like either it's something where like, you know, Belichick just knows his football and he wants this guy the hell out, or maybe he just didn't fit the type of, excellent football, right? That Bill Belichick wants to play. Like maybe it's one of those, like, Hey, you're, you're not my type of guy. It's not necessarily a complete talent thing, but I mean, regardless, they didn't want to put in enough resources to, I mean, what they were, they were going to cut him. Right. But instead they're like, all right, you want to, right. give us a, you want to give us a seventh round pick, go on ahead. But yeah, like I said, it's better than anything you probably drafted in the seventh freaking round. True. So, I mean, it's, it's worth a shot. It's 100%. No, it can't worth a hurt. Shot. Yeah. It's you, a first you, round you lose talent. nothing. Yeah. And I think too, what's interesting is, and this goes for all the players this year, but I think, you know, so before we were stuck with, are they fitting the Matt Nagy system and not, and not building things towards the players you have. And everything I've heard from Luke Getze uh, screams to me that whether they're good, bad or horrible or Super Bowl, they're building stuff to the players they have. And so if you can get any silver lining from it, it's that someone like Nikhil Harry will be, you know, probably utilized properly and give it a chance. He may be awful, but he at least will be given, given the chance. So we'll see. Um, all right. Next rapid fire. When's our trip to Pasadena, UCLA and <laughs> USC are now part of the big 10 taken on our Illini. Um, I guess then Illinois can play in the Rose bowl with never having to make it again. So that, that makes it much easier, but what a, what a wacky wild thing. I mean, nobody can say anymore that this is amateur sports. This was all about the money, all oh, about expanding coast to coast. Please. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's just I weird, was, but it's, was, it's cool. Was, it's just weird. And now, now Illinois is never going to win a recruiting battle because we can go to Champaign, Illinois or California. Oh, what the hell are you talking about? Give me champagne. <laughs> no, I'm, <just> <laughs> Give me <laughs> I'm messing with you. No, I mean, I was going to say, I, to me, it wasn't a surprise. Like at all. I mean, surprise in the sense where like when you saw like the notification on your phone or, you know, wherever it is, you, you might've seen it online or whatever. Like it's like one of those, like, well, like it was kind of like, a, Oh crap, this is interesting type of moment. But like you said, if it, it's all about the revenue, right? Like if, if, that's where they see, you know, better economical um, or makes better economical sense. Or, you know, there, there's, you know, there's more money to be made by, by doing that swip and swap. Uh, or so I just say like sw- switching on over. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always about all the money, right. It, and it, it's, it's, it's hilarious, Joey, like you said, like, yeah, way to still consider this amateur, <laughs> amateur sports and which, especially when you're talking about college football at, at that level, like, you know, at, in, in big conferences and, and college basketball and just look at these NIL deals now, right? Like, no, this is, which is a good thing. In my opinion, it's no, I mean, to think, but, but you know, what's kind of effed up is they'll still have these, um, oh, these are still amateur athlete type of, um, 
narratives, right? And what, which sure, like they are, you know, they're, they're they're college athletes, but yeah, the whole system, even of itself, it's just it's the mini NFL. Like it really yeah. is. It, it's in terms of sponsorships, in terms of the amount of revenue it rakes in, in terms of having its own day of the week, Saturday, um, before the the big big dog gets the day of the week of Sunday, the NFL. That is like no, it's it's it's. Come on. Um, but I mean, not to take away the thunder of the excitement of, hey, now you can have those teams in the Big Ten. What does that mean for Big Ten fans and Big Ten alums like us? Um, you raise an interesting point. I mean, I think the biggest thing you just said is now good luck winning a recruiting battle, which let's be honest, does I mean, as long as you're part of like a big conference, anyways, like, does it like would if you were being recruited like as a five star recruit? And let's say like you didn't have like any like you're not from Illinois, you don't have like any any ties like to to wanting to go to the Illini, and you had to choose between like Illinois um, or USC, right? Like, does it matter if one's Pac-12, one's Big Ten? If they're both Big Ten, like, does it really matter? At the end of the day, you're still choosing between, like you said, California or Champagne, and then everything else in between. So. Honestly, like, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, because it is an interesting point you bring up there, like in terms of recruiting battles, but does the conference really play that? I mean, it's it's, it's still a, you know, it's, it's still a top conference anyways. So does it really matter if like, oh, now they're both Big Ten or like they weren't Big Ten before? Like, oh, I could go Pac-12, I'd go Big Ten, or now they're actually both Big Ten. Like, would that really play much of a, much of a role in the recruiting part? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I've been trying to wrestle with that because I'm like, oh my god, this makes Illinois be the least desirable destination. And it's like, well, Minnesota may win that, but um, well, you could say at least. You know what? You're right. Not to cut you off, but yeah, it might make it the least desirable of the Big Ten. But like I said, if it's if it's really between with that recruit to play at, you know, in, in right? Because the prestige of the program versus right, the exactly, yeah. exactly. I don't know. It's just it's. And listen, I love champagne. I'm going in two weeks. But it's just it's just funny to the idea to me of like USC has to drive through Rantoul to go to a game in Champagne versus right. Illinois going to LA. It's just it's in Pasadena. It's just it's just a funny concept to me. But no, I, I don't know if it changed the landscape entirely, but it's just it's college football at its finest. It's, it's crazy. Okay, but still, but now more to that to that same point. Are you excited now? You know that that could be. Yeah, because I would because ne- I would never see USC in person, probably. Right. So you get to see them now at least. Yeah, or, or UCLA. You, or you could say one of those teams is now your um, uh, your your your. It sounds funny saying like your Big Ten foe or something, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like that, that would be cool. Like so, you now you have a reason to go to uh, LA if you know if if you know if Illinois is down there and. You know, you, you want you want to head down there to, to, to watch a game like or if, you know, they come to town and like now you get to go to Champagne and, you know, catch, you know, USC or, you know, I, I it's or UCLA. It, it, it's interesting. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's 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 mini NFL, right? Like it's I, I could see, you know, many, many more changes like this happening. I, I know like eventually, you know, something's going to happen with Notre Dame, which I think they're screwed for like uh, I. I I, you know, don't quote me on this, but it's like 10 plus years or something. Cause like if they were to join a conference or something, then they're like, you know, going to owe whatever it is, a whole ton of ass, a whole ton of money. <laughs> um, but yeah, either way. So like, we're going to see this like more often, which I don't want it to get too goofy, 
Right. Like everybody's going to try to go where like they can make the most amount of money, um, you know, which whatever. But as long as this doesn't start getting too goofy of a thing, because at some point it's not necessarily like a, like a traditionist thing or something, but don't just keep going back and forth with, you know, reshaping conferences and, and whatnot. Just just seem a little silly. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's starting to get that way. So I'm curious to see how far this keeps spreading. If you got six more teams joining the Big Ten, Notre Dame comes in and someone else goes. I mean, it's just then you got two mega conferences. I mean, that's it. Um, Maybe that's so what we'll have. We'll see. All said and yeah. done. We'll see. We shall but, see. Well, we complained a lot about Chicago sports. And, it, and even when we got to the co- collegial, no, you know, we, we didn't really complain about that. We, we kind of ended it um, on a somewhat decent note, by the way, I know this is not going to make the tease, but uh, as we talked about off podcast, I know you're not much of a golf viewer type of person with the majors and things like that, but don't know if you saw the news or not necessarily the news, but how Tiger Woods, the goat performed, not all that great. Um, so I, I, you know, for I, I've been a little bit like on a golf kick the past couple of years and definitely, you know, watching, you know, the majors and whatnot. And uh, it was a little weird to see that. I don't know. I just, I just had to get that out here on the podcast. So, you know, it was it's the 150th open at the home of golf, St. Andrews. There was so much hype going into it this week. The crowd was obviously there supporting Tiger Woods, um, and even he, he he double bogeys, you know, you know, one he, he he gets in the water. I think he hit like a, uh, it was it was some sort of a wedge shot. He might have been on a hundred, maybe a little over, maybe a little less out, and then rolls off um, fringe of the green and into the water. Um, so yeah, he double bogeyed there, and just not a uh, not a great start and not a great uh, finish to round one uh, for the goat. So I doesn't surely, I mean. I'm, barring something like magical tomorrow, definitely not making the cut uh, to see the weekend. So little, uh, little weird there. I just had to end negative. What the hell's wrong with me? But well, uh, we do best. It's sadly yeah. a broken down superstar. <laughs> it's what you get. At this yeah. Stage, I, sadly. But it was, um, it was sad to see that, you know, cause I mean, he's, he's the goat, but I think uh, it, there's just science of like, all right, this is it tiger. Like, you know, he, he, he shot really bad. Um, last major he was in that he had to withdraw. Now, here he is now, like like I said, not going to, to make the weekend, not going to make the cut. So um, interesting. You would have liked a better performance out of him at, like I said, the 150th Open at the home of golf, which I'm sure he would have wanted for himself. But here we are. What a way to wrap things up. I'm sorry. That's okay. We still love you. Don't worry. That's going to do it for us today. I believe in Chicago sports. Uh, make sure to follow us on all the platforms you can i'm on twitter at joey gilman he's on twitter at tweet dan collins the show believe in chicago sports also on twitter at believe in chicago part of the believe podcast network the number one podcast network for professionals they're also on the socials at believe network um we will check in with you next week um, we know we had a little summer break the last couple of weeks but we are back in action now we gear up for the rest of the summer and inching closer and closer to training camp which is absolutely nuts um but we look forward to talking with you again next week and uh, have a great rest of your week go go white Sox.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.